So there's a lot going on in the world right now. A um, few minor, few few minor things, couple major things. Uh, the major thing is Ray Liotta passing away. So that's uh, R.I.P. to Henry Hill uh, on that one. Uh, I believe he's Shoeless Joe Jackson, and uh, I think he died from Chantix personally. But uh, either Chantix, he died in his sleep from a heart attack. So you can go Chantix, you can go mRNA. There's a lot of there's a lot of things you can. It's like the choose your own adventure and like an R.L. Stein book. You just never know. Kid. Either either way, it's yeah. it, it checks our agenda uh, um, for 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 that. Um, but Wait, that, isn't isn't Chantix the anti-smoking stuff? It, yeah, it was a Pfizer Pfizer anti-smoking drug, and it causes heart attacks. Oh, dude, the Chantix side effects are wild. Like even for like a pharmaceutical thing that gets through, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> like Chantix, uh, I, like, I I missed out on that because I've never wanted to quit. So. Hell yeah, Based. dude. Yeah, exactly. Imagine and, uh, quitting yeah. <laughs> smoking to, for your health. And then yeah. you Dude, it's insane. Now, like, like... Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. From the five to the six, we be in the mix. With that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane, by the visit Glen Rock. Me, crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Real love to see it, dudes rocking. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking. From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix. With that rare candy paint. Job on a whip, who you with? And it's like, like I know you see, like David Lynch is still like blowing cigarettes in his eighties and stuff. He's just like, what? What? He's like, I gotta quit, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, if you look at the side effects, people just typing into Google the frequently asked questions: Does Chantix make you go insane? <laughs> so that you know, that's that's got to be something. Uh, what does Chantix do to your body? Um, so they say that it's actually, yeah, it's the nicotine receptor from reaching the brain. So you basically get no pleasure from smoking. That's essentially oh, God. Uh, what it is. I don't know even know if that's, if that's maybe that's yeah, just the, how the, nicotine the, patches work too. Is that just how they work in general? Not, I, I thought the patches put, uh, put nicotine into you, mm. your blood like supplementing it. Kind of, yeah. 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 Yeah, so this one's like you don't like cigarettes anymore. Yeah, no way messing with your brain's ever gonna like make you go crazy or anything. Like, yeah, I mean this the thing about it is uh you know then it's it's hitting the uh the receptor that nicotine hits, it's an acetylcholine receptor, and so it's responsible for a huge amount of your like parasympathetic nervous system. So you know, everything from regulating your blood pressure to your heart rate. Um, Interesting. Just so messing with that receptor, <laughs> that just sounds really. Because isn't, isn't yeah. nicotine like a B, like a B vitamin analog kind of thing pathway? One of the B vitamins. Yeah. So so niacin B uh, three is actually known as um, its proper name is nicotinic acid. What? And some of it is generated from uh, combustion of tobacco, uh, like from nicotine. So yeah, I mean, smokers are picking up uh, a slight amount of of niacin, and it's actually probably why uh, schizophrenics uh, tend to pretty much all be s smokers. Mm. Um, it's it's like a self medication thing, right? Because niacin, um, very large doses of it, is actually uh, effective, and I think it's something like a third of schizophrenics 
um, could be treated with just mega dosing niacin. That's wild. Uh, what? Yeah, and it, the flush that you get from it, uh, it helps. I, th I think schizophrenics have a problem with. Uh, it might be a genetic issue with creating a, a certain enzyme that niacin is the precursor for. Mm. But getting going down that rabbit hole, it gets a little a little weird because uh, then the word adrenochrome comes comes up. Let's go. Yeah. So there's this. Uh, it's oxidized adrenaline. Really uh, interesting is what it is, and that that collects in the brain and eventually makes you start to like go crazy and paranoid and stuff. But the uh, the niacin uh, helps restore the enzyme that clears that out. So interesting. Basically, mega dosing niacin or sm chain smoking cigarettes gets rid of the adrenochrome. But uh, wow, I, I have no idea if this is related to the uh, Pizzagate conspiracy, but. Yeah, are these people becoming schizophrenic by choice? Is that what the elite are, are doing? That's what I'm yeah. hearing from this. Yeah, and, and so the the for the fight for for the Chantix drug, there was a recall. Um, just I believe last September, I, I want to say this. Yeah, September 2021, uh, Pfizer expands voluntary nationwide voluntary nationwide recall to include all lots of Chantix. Uh, tablets due to n nitroso -verin -verin content. Um, so I don't know what that means, but yeah, that got recalled. So I don't know if maybe could Ray Liotta would was he? Do we know if we don't know if he was just kind of like a he was the first Chantix guy, so he had to have been into it, you know? Like, <laughs> like what well, my thing is, like, who picks Ray Liotta, right? Like, it's not like a okay, we have this four, they put like 400 million dollars into that drug, like, so yeah. what. When are they going to be like, okay, we need a star, you know? And I'm not trying to besmirch Ray Liotta's name because I I love him personally, but he's not like a. You couldn't go up to like a Zoomer and just be like, hey, have you heard of Ray Liotta? They're going to be like, well, who? You know? <laughs> yeah. And they, if anything, they'd be like, you'd have to point to a picture like from the movie Goodfellas for anyone to know who he is. Um, and probably the second biggest thing he did was the Chantix commercials. And then I think, uh, I think they're probably going for that uh, that demographic though, like guys in their 60s that you big know, time have like. Uh, their their wives and daughters have been nagging at them to quit for years and yeah. you know it's finally like the promise like hey you take this pill and you don't yeah. have to, to you don't have to have any willpower it'll just the, make you the guy who snit the guy who snitched in goodfellas is going to get you to get you to yeah. quit and um yeah the, so uh I, I gotta introduce our guest today because this is his first time on the show um i i I had him on the back wall just a couple of uh, I, I mean I think it was like a couple weeks ago we did it. It was very very recent. Um, there's no bully here today named Filthy Armenian, so this is a safe space this time. So he's nobody gonna be here bullying you. Um, and but nonetheless, uh, I have Benjamin Braddock here. Uh, we, we just we just call him Ben, but Ben Ben Braddock. Um, first off, you have been skyrocketing i see i see your stuff everywhere now tweets i see your writing and stuff everywhere uh, we talked about it a little bit on the back wall but like what has this been like lately you just kind of like going from like a, a poster you know what i mean like a covid poster you have your own protocol and all that stuff on your sub stack but to just be like damn my shit's on dan bongino or dan bongino show and stuff uh what's that been like uh, I've just been waiting for Taylor Lorenz to show up on my doorstep because <laughs> I live in a standard ground state. 
We have very, uh, <laughs> very. I, I don't. So it took me a second. Yeah. A lot of latitude when it comes to people trespassing on your property and the amount of force you're allowed to use. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, well, she's gonna yeah. do the 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 distant related family first, like the cousins and shit. Yeah. That's how she, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, your family remains solid on you. Yeah. 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 But, but nonetheless, uh, no, that's interesting to think of, though the 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 impending like. Okay, like even, you know, for me, like getting like 100 likes on a tweet, which is nothing, but you're just kind of like, oh, shit, is this going to like eventually go viral? And then like people are going to find out like that I don't think cancer is real, you know, and then, you know, okay. like, is that is that going to happen or, or, you know, but for you, it's like, you know, you're, you're like I said, your stuff goes on these big, I will say oftentimes conservative, but I guess not always, but just your stuff is on these big shows where like these guys kind of are enemies already to the popular uh uh, yeah, to be, that, to, yeah to be honest with you though uh my dopamine receptors got fried when i got the trump retweet back in summer 2020 oh, uh, trump so, what, what, what was it what was it? uh it was it was uh about uh latinos not being good enough to be joe biden's running mate because like biden <laughs> promised to pick a black woman so I was like, is is he saying that like Latinos aren't qualified? Trump at three AM was like Evan Bangs, dude. The best part is you know he yeah. did it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. not, like Joe Biden can't RT if our Joe Biden retweets somebody, it's like that's just some staffer who thought it was yeah. her personal probably or something, who forgot to switch accounts. But like Trump, Trump was like RT smash. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, the thing was as I was going to bed, it was uh it was kind of starting to blow up and just that tweet and, and, then, and that happened I, and yeah. some group chat i was like oh something crazy is going to happen like trump will retweet it in the middle of the night and then don lemon will be on my doorstep in the next the next morning tomorrow morning and i wake up the next morning and my dms are just flooded it's like all my mutuals are just like bro i can't believe it congratulations yeah. and i'm like what happened like what's going on you know because yeah like a good soy face like like a real like an actual soy face <laughs> yeah. well i legitimately didn't know what happened because i'm getting all these congratulations but it's not like trump retweeted you it was like they assumed that i knew but i didn't yeah. know <laughs> That's <wild>. yeah <laughs> did you see the actual notification though that he did like did you see the one that pops up because that's got to be pretty cool no, I ended up. Yeah. Uh, I ended up having to just like go back and finding it on his, uh, on on his, his page. Page, that's uh, cool. And then screenshotting for posterity. Yeah, he can retruth you on Truth Social. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Right now. Retruth. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called retruth. Yeah, yeah. When you go on Truth Social, they go, "Hey, Truth Sayer, what do you got to say?" Like, it's. it's uh, I did. I did have a reply to one of his tweets go pretty big one there, but it was about uh, Mem and Oz uh oh dr dr oz being a member of the new world order there's a picture of him and marina abramovic the uh spirit cooking witch yeah (laughs) it's like are we sure this guy's vetted that guy confuses the fuck out of me man it's like like he's just so i think he's schizo man like just you you see behind his eyes like he's got a lot of shit going on there he's on the he's on the chrome hard well, we have, you know, we have, we have mentioned schizophrenia. So I do think it's important to, uh, to say that I think there's a good chance that it's just a, a made up condition, uh, that, you know, doctors are just trying to convince us that the voices in our heads aren't real and that we shouldn't listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's like the theme of every schizophrenia movie is that the person with schizophrenia actually is on point yeah. and like, 
you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it's, there's, it's there's, like, there's extra dimensional, there's extra dimensional beings, you know, talking to you. Yeah. It's exhausting Let's being go. around midwits all day. It can cause you to go crazy. <laughs> Have you seen yeah. uh, the movie? I think it's called uh, Conspiracy Theory with Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. Hell yeah. yeah. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a great one. I don't know if yeah. I've actually seen that. It's good. Late nineties, late night or late nineties, really early two nice. thousands around then. Real That's good. It's funny you brought that. I literally just watched rewatched Signs today. <laughs> that was another good. great one. That was, yeah. Great. Yeah. that was one of the yeah, that was no, dude, Mel, I don't even get me sorry on Mel Gibson, man. Like he's back, yeah. he's playing the Catholic preacher right now. He's doing his little thing trying to ease his way back in. But it's over for you hoes when Mel Gibson gets back in. Yeah. Over over for the Chalamets. Yeah. I'm telling you, like we're, we're yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're not, not they're not competing for the same role, but still, he can't play his son. It's like nobody's gonna believe that. When I need to do some serious writing, I just turn on the uh, the recordings of the voicemails that he mm. left his ex wife. Yeah, that was a good character he was doing there. <laughs> it was good, me- good method, method good acting. Method. Bill Burr got me back into that. That's part of his bit. You know, the Lakers tickets, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well you know not to not to pivot away from uh mel gibson because i i mean I, I, that if you don't stop mel gibson when it starts it'll hijack the whole episode um but uh monkeypox is the thing now right i mean where i look there's a school shooting i i don't you don't want to know my take on that but the the uh you know the monkeypox and i actually think the two will eventually be linked because i think this is something bet ben and i and i i, I just in in the chat that we're in i think we're the only two people that actually are like no this is going to be a thing you know like this is going to be regardless of i think ben you're a little more on the you think this is actually like a scarier virus right like as far as if you contract it right um i'm not see it's one of those things where i think there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to how pathogenic it could be because in some of the mice studies um monkeypox was not a big deal for mice unless they had depleted cd4 and cd8 immune cells and coincidentally um hundreds of millions of people around the world just took a experimental therapy that depletes cd4 and cd8 cells which which one is that i don't recall the, Pfizer, Moderna, J and J. We're on. We're on Rumble. Have to, don't pull. Don't pull back. Yeah, yeah, we're, on, yeah. we're on Rumble. Okay, great. Yeah, it's, rumble, yeah, it's, rumble, yeah. it's unbelievable. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, the, the poison. Uh, the poison vaccines, yeah. so-called yes. vaccines. Well, I okay. I, here's why I know it's a worse virus because they're downplaying it. Yeah, yeah Biden's that's, addressing it though. Biden said you should take it seriously. Really? Oh shit! Yeah, Everything, with, every that, article I see scary. is like you, you yeah. shouldn't. You know, I don't know. It's one of those things. Well, it's, it's back to February 2020 all over again. Hundred I mean, percent. The, the Washington uh, Post was publishing headlines back then. I have them saved. Uh, saying, you know, one was "Get a grip, America." Uh, you know, the flu is killing way more people than the coronavirus. Yeah, there's it's a bunch like, of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these people. I ironically were, agree. Yeah, but yeah. It's, <laughs> well. <laughs> You know, we're going to get into the we're going to get into the monkey viruses. Uh, I will say that I'm just getting over uh, RSV, mm-hmm. which um, it, it was R&B group. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if uh, if you had the flu, but without the f- severe fever and muscle aches, and it's just you have the flu in your lungs and nowhere else. Oh, um, so if I sound a little nasally, uh, it's not natural. It's just uh, 
what did you cancel that's all you have to any disease you yeah. have the problem is when you have a disease truth or podcast like we do you you just can't yeah. cancel you can't cancel yeah. so the the deal with that is this this actually started as something called chimpanzee uh coriza agent hmm. and the use of chimpanzees and their cell culture and vaccines resulted in the new in the zoonotic transfer of that to humans where it was renamed respiratory synctial virus and it remains endemic to this day it killed uh, about 120,000 kids worldwide last year mm. uh, you know it, it can it's mostly for children who are five and under um it can be pretty serious. I have a doctor friend who just the other day had to intubate a one month old who had it. Jesus. Um, mm. It's, it's a very, uh, it's weird in that it's usually pretty, uh, pretty mild in adults, but you know, it can hit kids pretty hard, but mm. before the pandemic, it wasn't hitting them like that, that hard. Like every once in a while you'd see a bad wave yeah. of it. Last summer, we, then had like the reemergence of RSV and all of a sudden kids are getting hit with it really hard. Like and the they were calling those COVID cases yeah. and they were calling those COVID cases. Yeah. Uh -huh. Children's hospitals were full filling up. Um, and this was happening concurrently with the Delta wave. So, you know, across parts of the South, there really was serious strain on the healthcare facilities. I mean, I had, I had some friends who had parents who passed away um, because they, you know, they, they couldn't even get them to the, like, you know, the ventilator stage or the ECMO or any of this kind of stuff um, because those beds just weren't available. And, you know, without, with Delta, if you didn't have early treatment in the first three days, there was a serious chance that it would kill you if you were over the age of 50. Right. Um, and in some cases, like one, one lady I knew, uh, friend of my parents uh she had been put on a ventilator but they were proning her and she was kind of doing fine but the proning team messed up uh one time on one of the flips and caused a pneumothorax mm. and so then her lung collapsed and you know severe Yikes. covid and a collapsed lung on top of that you just can't pull through so wow this kind of stuff was happening the the rsv was raging and the rsv is now coming back and it's like it's like may right this is not respiratory virus peak season yeah and it's really picked up steam in the past couple of weeks along with the flu which is making its reappearance wait and, i just want to i didn't want to the point that you made slipped by that this is this virus was caused by science in that it was a yeah, the, yeah right that it was a it was a monkey yeah. cell culture line like us doing yeah. science caused this shit to happen right? yeah this is something that in chimpanzees it's not that big of a deal it's almost like a passenger virus but mm, in yeah. humans it causes issues just like how um there was a uh disease that also first appeared in the lab it's called uh simian aids and mm. it occurred when african monkey viruses were given to asian monkeys and it yeah. would collapse. So SIV, it was a retrovirus that collapsed the it's immune like system. Like roller coaster tycoon, like with <laughs> animal viruses. Yeah. Like, like, let's give it to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it collapsed the, the immune system of Asian monkeys, but in its natural host, the African green mon monkey, it doesn't cause disease. Um, yeah. So, and there's been a lot of this too. I mean, there's, there's SV40, which was yep. one. Um, 
don't know if you've read uh, Dr. Mary's Monkey. No. No. It's, uh, okay, it's a pretty wild story. Uh, so there was a two doctors in, uh, down in, at, I think, Tulane University in New Orleans, Dr. Bernice Eddy and Dr. Mary Stewart. And they identified a uh, live pathogen contaminating commercial vaccine stocks. And it was another monkey-based contaminant. It was the 40th one cataloged, right? So this is like number 40 out of all the wild viruses they found. This, this uh, doctor ends up uh, murdered brutally. What? Uh, burned to death in her own home. Well, she was stabbed repeatedly. Her arm was cut off, and then she was set on, like her body was set on fire. Oh. Uh, and weirdly enough, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's uh, lover claimed later, I think this was a book that came out just a few years ago, that she had actually, uh, her and Lee Harvey Oswald had spent the summer before the JFK assassination working uh on this program for this uh this kind of covert research operation that was researching uh, you know like cancer and mice and you know this doctor was also working on on monkey viruses at Tulane. Uh, so a lot of a lot of weird connections and I hate even bringing up, up the JFK assassination because this is uh, the the eternal podcast topic, but it is a weird, yeah, uh, yeah. it is a weird set of links. But it's, it's this book wow. called uh, Doctor Mary's Monkey by uh, Ed Haslam, and you know it, it's a lot of it's based on the murder, and you know how it was never really cleared up, and there's a lot of really suspicious elements of it, and then a lot of the book covers just the uh, the research that was being done. Uh, by the government and you know its two main thrusts were um, studying monkey viruses and figuring out how to uh, weaponize monkey viruses to cause cancer shit so and, and how that how that get into the what's that with the polio vaccine what's that well the polio vaccine you know the polio vaccine was you it was incubated in chimpanzees and other uh, primates right so right. there's this wild virus in the cell in the cell lining in the cell yeah. lines. Okay. Yeah, there's this wild virus, and sometimes in the live in the live uh, ones too, they would yeah. just like you know give them the disease and then start taking like antibodies and stuff from them. But it's like you're talking blood products. Yeah. And we didn't have we you know the the PCR uh, polymerase chain reaction wasn't created by carrying mollusks until the 1980s. So we had no real way to do any kind of genetic analysis on these vaccine stocks to um, get a full picture of what what all viruses might be lurking in there. We just had like microscopes yeah. and stuff, which is makes it really hard to find some of these viruses. But even then in the 60s, they were able to find some of these viruses. So like SV40 was one uh, and it was, it tainted the polio sto uh, vaccine stocks and you know, it's a virus that causes tumors. Yeah. You know, in the animal model, you, you put in SV 40 and it, you know, it will consistently produce tumors. And, um, you know, there's an interview from the eighties that was never aired. It was done by PBS. Uh, they interviewed Dr. Maurice Hilleman, 
which is like the uber match of vaccine creation uh in the in the 20th century um the guy created like more vaccines than anybody else but he's Mm -hmm. talking about the problem of getting into the most double plays yeah (laughs) he's he's talking about (laughs) the problem of these wild viruses contaminating vaccines right and he's uh and he in through in the interview, he, he kind of jokes. He was talking about this one batch of green monkeys that they brought over in the seventies. <laughs> he said, "We had no idea that we were bringing AIDS to the United States." What? <laughs> didn't, they didn't air it. They didn't air it. It was uh, found. It was found by somebody in the Library of Congress, I think, in twenty eleven. You know. Oh then, my god. <laughs> then of course it it does not make news like you would no. expect it to, but. Um, right. Yeah, so, then, yeah. So a lot of people are involved in this. I mean, Dr. Robert Gallo, um, who you know claimed to have discovered HIV. Um, it was actually Luc Montagnier. Yeah. He basically stole the uh credit for it, and there was there was a big fight, and they finally jointly shared the Nobel Prize for it. But um, yeah, one of his early papers was uh investigations of viral carcinogenesis in primates. Uh, and that focused on identifying what they call primate type C viral particles that were in uh, a lot of in the vaccines and how they could, um, how once they were in humans, they could uh, lead to various cancers. So, and then, I mean, Gallo is, uh, he's a big player, even in COVID, you know, he has the global virus network, which is a, is this string of labs across the third world very much funded by the chinese sure those are cool they put their researchers into these into these labs and it's a way for them to pick up exotic pathogens that can then be stolen and you know added to the pla um bioweapons program catalogs uh and he gets he gets i've got a friend right now working on an investigation um just on the the amount of royalties that this dude gets from vaccines and from other research projects and you know open the books just published one on uh fauci where you know tens of millions of dollars of royalties have gone to him personally yeah Uh, damn damn well so so let's talk about the the okay monkeypox right so now it's is not this is not flying around in the air correct this is not it like because i i do think we have to bring it back here to okay i'm scared because not because i think i'm going to get monkeypox that's not my thing i don't get down like that but the other way i i still think with this right like i and i have this big brain theory about it which i i hope this doesn't become come true but i feel like they've been trying to lock down for reasons other than covid for a long time and I think that if you have monkey pox, right, which lives are retarded, so they'll hear pox, small pox, chicken pox. Either way, I don't want my kid to get it. Where's the shot? That's what the way they think when they hear stuff like that. And it's being slowly deployed, and we'll see exactly where it comes from. But if if you have school shootings, supermarket shootings, and another virus coming, you're trying to tell me that does that couldn't manufacture consent for a lockdown? Of course, I don't yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I just maybe I'm I could be too paranoid. I could be too 2020 brained. I don't want to get burned twice. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I'd say that what this would do is it would it would truly test the power of capital versus the political system because mm. um you know I, I was recently at a uh, at, at a graduation party um uh, that was ridiculous for the amount of money that was in the room. I mean, you know, you had hedge fund managers, um you know, people who are mining operators, <laughs> captains of industry, so to speak, right? And a lot of them are, are libs. And, you know, there's concern over monkeypox, but there's also now a recognition that uh, we are right now teetering on the edge of complete disaster in terms of the supply chains and the food production system. You've been, you've and been that, really, you've been posting some really yeah good stuff but it's it's sad you know the, the, yeah. the stuff about that so yeah i just got to plug your twitter crowd i graduated ben i mean you, you've you had the huge threat about the food shortages i don't want to get you too off topic what you're saying but well the food you, plants blowing up food yeah, that was blowing up that was one that blew up and that's that's continuing yeah. i mean just the other day there was a, a big fertilizer shipment in canada derailed yeah. and wait that was video. that it's, was actually fertilizer i thought that was like a joke on our set of twitter that i didn't know it was no no sanrio fertilizer. posted that and yeah. sanrio was the one that went like viral from that like <laughs> it was just like like i, I thought I that was some of us everywhere. joking about it like making the, the clear connection i didn't know yeah. it was like no, that ironically was, for <laughs> I, I remember derailed. one of the yeah. i remember one of the rationalists tried to like fact check my uh and be like, look, you know, it's it's not that unusual that a plane <laughs> last week crashed into a potato plant, and then like four hours later, a plane crashes into a General Mills plant in, in Georgia. Now, I don't, source, you know, I don't source, source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing too is like, you know, then I had a bunch of people saying, "Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, hinting at a conspiracy if there's, there's something, you know, like yeah. this is part of a plan." I'm like, yes, "No, no, no." That's what everyone else is saying. I'm just noting that this is happening, right? Yeah, you're you're documenting. But you're your like your a, mind is already your mind is already jumping there. Yeah, so. You didn't put any opinions yeah. in those thread in that thread. It was literally yeah. just the amount of times that it happened. You were bookkeeping. Yeah, you weren't like editorializing or anything. Yeah, you yeah. weren't like, and this is what happened. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble. Is I remember there was like a doctor Naomi Wolf uh, was like this in COVID. Like she was talking about COVID being transmitted through like fecal stuff as far as like through the vaccine yeah. and stuff. And she was doing that as far as just documenting vaccine injuries. And she got in trouble for that take. You, you didn't give them any bait. I mean, granted, they'll still be mad at you because you're just reporting. I mean, they, li yeah. liberalism every day is just denying reality. I, right? I mean, that's, I had that's what some, uh, I had some blue check journalists reach out for comment, um, with the last name of Rothschild. And I was like, well, Oh, you know, was it right that one now, guy that was going at Elon Musk? It's the same. Uh, you don't have to say, but I, I don't remember actually because oh. I can't keep track of them all. Um, <laughs> they breed those. But, and I don't know. Hurdle, if, hurdle I don't know people. if he was even if he was even related to the banking family or if it was just stolen valor, you know. But uh, <laughs> at some point, they I were was related. I was I had this moment where I was thinking I was like, well, it, you know, obviously the Rothschilds don't run the world because their family has been reduced to begging for quotes in my DM request. <laughs> Seriously, that brother's starving. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, funny. and he was like kind of coming out. He's like a QAnon researcher or whatever else. I'm like, no, I think, oh I think god, there's there's two very easy, uh, you know, explanations for this. One is that. Uh, workers have really just stopped caring about their jobs 
in the past two years. Hundred you know, percent. For a while, you know, I'm, I'm not throwing off on workers. I'm just saying that you know, people soldiered on, did their jobs, and you know, around late last year, really started to burn out in a big way. And you know, I keep in touch with a lot of uh, a lot of guys who you know work in the the real economy, not just email jobs, but people who work in logistics, purchasing, uh, manufacturing, all this sort of thing. And they're saying that, yeah, we're seeing accidents going through the roof because people just aren't, they're tuned out. They don't care. Right. People have been understaffed. They're not getting raises that are keeping up with inflation. Uh, also been working just, from home. Yeah. Working and, from and home it's and really, they got to go back to work and yeah, maybe they, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the last third of Atlas Shrugged. It's it's what happens when insane bureaucracy and central planning uh, continue and erode a culture to the point where you know, yeah, no one really takes uh, takes production seriously or their job seriously or any of this, and stuff just starts falling apart. That's one. That's one angle. The other angle is that you can say, okay, well, we're living in the Book of Revelations. And all these, all of these things are happening. And yeah, you couldn't have a human conspiracy that explains it, but you could just say that there's a supernatural force that's combining to create a, a disaster. You know, it's the old, whether the old mech corn demons, dude. That's my favorite mech, three years. Dude. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like there's this, there's some. And even if you're not a Christian, you could say that, you know, nature is reasserting herself or whatever. Yeah, exactly. These people it's always a, think nature is putting a guillotine over our head at all points, yeah. like the libs. It's like, you know, something's happening. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you, you, you're you wrong, but you have, you you know, you have a st libs are always panicking and they always think the world's yeah. ending regardless. Because all of these factors are coming along in the food system. Uh, food yeah. production system right so yeah you then have the fertilizer issues uh you know with the farms you have diesel shortages that are looming so we might not even be able to run the the harvesters to cut yeah right whatever does get planted and then you also have this freak uh wet spring you know yeah. I, I looked the other day and i think uh you know, Minnesota has only planted like 11% of their normal wheat, plant, you know, acreage under production. Wow. Because they just, they can't get out in the field to plant. Like I, I haven't been able to get most of my garden planted because it just won't stop raining over here. That's insane. So, it never rains in my state. So I yeah. feel like no one, like when I hear other people getting rain, I'm like, what? <laughs> and that's, that's the other thing too, though, is like the West is in this crazy drought mm -hmm. and you know, like Lake Mead is almost bone dry. And, you know, like the, you see like yeah. boat docks just out in the middle of what looks like the desert. Yeah. It's brutal. The, the water's receded so much. And it's like, okay, we're, we're in this weird confluence of like everything that can go wrong is kind of going wrong. And the formula shortage, you didn't even talk about the, the, for, the whole formula yeah. thing, which you can come at that from any angle. It's still yeah. bad. You know, yeah. like it's, you, yeah, that's, it's insane. You know, that's and it's hard to even get your your arms around all of this stuff because there's so much going on yeah yeah uh, and it's crazy yeah, but i don't I, know about you guys but for like food was always my like first red pill you know i was like reading like mercola shit when i was like 12 or 13 for some reason you know and and uh that set me on the path and 
and you always hear, and then you see the documentaries and you hear all the talk of like, you know, the food system's going to collapse. It's the industrial. You walk in, you think not. your kid's watching yeah. porn and he's reading Dr. Merkel. Yeah, you're like, exactly. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get more it's like mad. that. Yeah. yeah, it's like you gotta you gotta read the infrared sauna ad first, you know. <laughs> no, but um, but you always hear it. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, well, you know, is it collapsing? Like things are trucking along fine. But then you know, it's like watching a slow moving train wreck. No pun intended. You know, where it's a, uh, it's like it's happening. You know, it's pretty fucking wild. And uh, and it's taking a different. Of course, it always takes a different flavor than you think it will. You know, in terms of predictive power or whatever. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a wacky, wacky decade. Yeah, I, I had a um, I had a local. Um, so I, I I went last week before my local, uh, not last week, last year, uh, last summertime, last summer sometime uh, before my local uh, government, and you know they were having like their public comment uh, section and all, and you know I just. I was telling these people like you guys have got to do something to get agriculture going again in this County, because we have too many people throughout the pandemic who just bought up a lot of land so they can just live outside of the city, but it's not being used. So do some kind of property tax incentive, something like that, because, you know, we had food shortages early in COVID. We could see this come back very easily. And when we had those food shortages, the the one place I could actually get food from was local farmers. Yeah. You know, uh, at my local grocery store, which is in a, a very nice area. Uh, it's a, it's just a bunch of suburban moms that go there from, you know, uh, people who have money, right. Uh, not the place you would expect this to happen. My meat cutter got physically assaulted by at least three women <laughs> because there was no meat and they just started just tripping out yeah. you know, uh, and just like getting up and the guys like one woman slapped him in the face, just hauled off and slapped him, you know, because they didn't have any meat there. And, you know, cause I, you should be able to hit her with a fucking <laughs> yeah. straight up side of a cow <laughs> just, right in the side of the head. Yeah, and I was I was telling my neighbor who was a cop during the time I was like, "You guys have got to find out from the grocery stores like when they're going to get the food shipments in, and you need to have officers there." <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> it's like, it's like, a, like the guy with the suitcase like... chained to his fucking hand because there's so much money in there. But yeah, it's meat, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> insane. It's insane. And so yeah, I mean, you know, not to not to be such a doomer to everybody's world but everybody like it's funny because everybody thinks something is fucked up right now regardless yeah. regardless of you know because there's not, there's really no contingent of the world that's like this is fine you know everybody's saying yeah. like this is cool everything's everything's cool and but we're so far off on what we think is what we think is right or right you know what we think is going wrong with the world like some people just think it's impending fascism coming yeah well uh, you know as, as the uh as the war clouds were looming and it all all kicked off in Ukraine. Right. Yeah, I was getting. I had a bunch of you know vet vet Twitter bros, um, you know, sort of lashing out at me because I said that this this whole situation was going to lead to a major food crisis. Right. It's like, oh, you're just being an alarmist, and you know, blah blah blah. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not even prognosticating here. I'm like, it's very obvious. If you understand that Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe that not only do they produce most of Europe's, a lot of Europe's food, 
right? And their wheat and sunflower and this kind of thing. They also produce the feed that Western Europe feeds its livestock with. You understand that. And if you understand that Russia and Belarus are some of the very top fertilizer producers, Mm. that Russia is one of the major food producers that feeds most of the Middle East and North Africa in terms of wheat. If you understand all those things, you know, it's not, you know, it's not being, it's not even making a prediction to say that a war here is going to result in serious food issues. That's not a prediction. That's just the simple facts. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it would be a miracle for that not to happen. It's already happened uh, with gas. How can yeah. people not look at the gas prices and be like, that won't happen to food. And <laughs> so then it starts to play out and it's like, okay, this past week, the economist had this uh, cover image and it was like, you know, wheat blowing in the wind, but instead of like bits of grain, it was skulls that were attached to the stalk. And it was talking about how, yeah, we're headed for, you know, a serious famine. And like, I've never said that, you know, we're going to be like starving to death in the United States. What's going to happen in my view is that food will just get even more expensive here. And the actual starvation will start taking place in the third world, which will then spark the mother of all migrant crises, right? Like what happens when Africa goes hungry, you know, and Middle East goes hungry. Like it's going to be like what we saw with the Syrian civil war, but it's going to be that, you know, times 10 times a hundred. Uh, and you know, we're going to be dealing with a massive refugee situation, massive humanitarian situation, uh, you know, which will then itself be, would be a major disruptive event. So, you know, all of the, all this stuff's coming down and, um, it's, it's interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I'm. I defer to you on stuff like that. I'm, I'm, uh, I just advise people, you know, bulk, right? Eat a pint of Hagen Dazs every night. Don't worry about cutting right now. Just, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're in the dating market, you need to be finding girls who look like Lana. Uh, right. You know, you just, I mean, no matter the economy. In my yeah, opinion, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, in my, in my opinion. Well, I was going to say it's funny because we all know like those that, you know, I'm not against prepping in the least. I think that's a huge, you know, boon for any family or individual or whatever. But we all know that guy that it's like their personality type, you know, is prepping. Sure. And, and, and then everyone rolls their eyes, you know. So it sucks when that guy is right, you know, and it's like the annoying ass, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, but it's right. Yeah, it's, so, it's, something, like, yeah, I, it's fucking right you know? something I learned about those guys. Um, was uh talked to this lady in brazil who was telling me about um how her dad was this type of guy uh but with money he did not believe he had no confidence in the brazilian banking system or the currency yeah and so he would take uh all of his money and put it into american dollars and he stuffed the couch cushions in their living room with it and just had just dollar stash all over the place. And everybody in town thought he was you know, eccentric, crazy, whatever. And then 1994 came and uh, Fernando Calle de Melo, who was the president, instituted this radical plan to get inflation under control, 
which was to freeze everybody's bank accounts <laughs> above like 600 reais, so like, which was above like $200. Right. So um, that morning when it, you know, the shock hit everybody, like the, the banks were closed, like no one could get their money out any of this and people had no idea like how are we going to buy groceries how are we going to do any of this he came into the living room and sliced open one of the couch cushions and just started throwing a hundred dollar bills in the air and laughing it's like who's the crazy one now <laughs> that's fucking awesome <laughs> this is you know this yeah. guy just like he was just you know bullied basically by <laughs> by people he knew you know people just like constantly picking at him or yeah. talking like he was crazy and you know that, that there's a uh it is like it is a thing if you're if you're that type and people around you are like that it, it does make you a little uh you know resentful and so yeah Easily. as bad as the events are the vindication of it from it is uh, so sweet. still pretty sweet yeah absolutely my grandfather was a prepper in the other way for y2k which he bought a bunch of like <laughs> swamps right. dinners and nutrifast shakes but just because he was kind of a fat ass yeah. and drink them drink them all before <laughs> y2k <laughs> yeah, it was like respect prepper not a rationer it's yeah, really <laughs> yeah it's really interesting the different types types of preppers because you have like yeah. the y2k types which are like you know kind of the techies and yeah all that and then Growing up, you had, uh, I remember there were the evangelicals who it's like, all right, we're going to keep a seven year like a revelation, on like hand. a revelation, yeah, prep, uh, yeah like for yeah. the tribulation, mm -hmm. which was, a, a, I don't know if it's still the case, but I know it, it was pretty big in the uh, among the LDS, uh, sure, uh, the Mormons to do uh, canning and stuff. And like our local Mormon church had a like canning kitchen that was like fully set up for all that's of us and, yeah. and they, they would let people from outside the church use it so that's tight yeah, they, they'd give classes on how yeah, they barely let me that. play basketball there at the <laughs> church so fuck if they let you yeah. can stuff there that's pretty that means it's serious they really yeah love it, so. of course my uh my own family tradition in this came um you know because I, I grew up and it was just a way of life like we had a big garden um you know, my mom canned a lot of food. Uh, and of course, you know, we helped because it takes a huge amount of prep work. You're doing this in massive batches, all this stuff. That came from my, from her, mo her mom's experience in the Great Depression. Mm. And when they were like nearly starving to death. And my mom's aunt, uh, Aunt Ruth, I remember whenever we would go to visit, she had this pathological need to feed you while you were there, whether you were hungry or not. Nice. Sometimes like twice in one visit. Yeah, they get aggressive. And then, and then would like give you cans of food as you left and all. Yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know this until, you know, as a kid, I just, I was like, it's just kind of strange, you know, and it reminds me of like, it reminds me of the women from my big fat Greek wedding. You know? yeah. So it's like, why is this? And I remember at her funeral hearing about um, why she was like that. And it was because when she was a little girl living through the Great Depression in Appalachia, uh, they saw people who were actually starving to death. Right. Knew of people who actually died of starvation, which, you know, it seemed, as Americans, it's all, 
you know, we feel so insulated from all of this, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just a few generations away. And that yeah. was a, a fact of life. In yeah, America, we literally go so. on diet. We go on diets. <laughs> We're like, I need to stop. Yeah. Eating. Like, yeah. Even so now, like, <laughs> yeah. So this ended up, this ended up just like showing up in my, uh, you know, it becomes like a kind of part of your family tradition and, right. and that my mom's generation, uh, and then like my sister today is still like the same way, you know, and this all just stems from a, uh, I guess you would say generational trauma of the great depression. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you forget what was behind it, but the, the habits still remain. Uh, but the great side effect of all that is, you know, you have a, uh, you know, to this day, I have a canning room, you know, a dedicated room in my house that's just filled with food and, Oh, yeah. It has a chest feet freezer and camping supplies and all that. And it's, um, I'm jealous. I need that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Deep freezer. Stuff, man. And, um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I was going to say there's a whole orthogonal, there's now there's a whole dimension where every, everyone's on the apps and the phones on a fucking rogue solar flare could take down the grid for like six months, you know, and that, that instantly you do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Glenn? No, I, I was actually gonna get to our get to the meat of our uh, discussion here about the Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. Uh, is there any any closing remarks on that? Because that was a fantastic uh, uh, talking about revel- we're basically doing revelations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'll do a comment on uh, on monkeypox. Uh, okay. Mind and just probably worth mentioning that it was first discovered uh, in 1958. Uh, in monkeys that were being used for polio vaccine research. Right. And the first human case was recorded in 1970 in the Congo uh, during a period when they were uh, trying to eliminate smallpox through mass vaccination campaigns. And yeah, I think it's also become a theme here. <laughs> it's going to become a theme here later in the episode, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane, dude. It's like science is like gasoline, dude. Like and like yeah, and now just, just like let's put this fire yeah. out with gasoline. Yeah. And now I'm I'm seeing some cases where women and children are also getting it. So I'm starting to wonder about the transmission. Right, um, because there's the classic trope of the Hershey Highway, and you know I don't I don't you know, but if there could still be a, that could still be the highway still used to travel. <laughs> But I mean the 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 road less traveled is Robert Frost's yeah. poem. Yeah, that's uh, what that was about. But uh, anyways, the yeah the the yeah women and children getting it. I but again, do, do we know? Do, is there really like is anybody truly know how it's transmitted? Because that's that's what I'm wondering. Like, does anybody know? I I know that even before all all of this, there was uh, you know the. The precautions the hospitals were supposed to take basically treated this as an airborne disease. Interesting. Um, you know, there's only, I think, like four hospitals in the UK that are even supposedly qualified to treat monkeypox patients. Mm. So it's, you know, it's weird because we're, we're getting these contradictory sets of uh, guidances from, you know, World Health Organization and the CDCs that's, you know, telling, uh, basically the civilians like, uh, it's really difficult to transmit. It's probably sexually transmitted and, you know, uh, remain calm, this and the other. And at the same time, they're telling hospitals, like you can't keep these people 
in any room that's connected via air exchange to another patient's room because like they could get that right so mm. it's there's a disconnect there and if, you know you remember you know, infamously cdc and world health organization took like forever to acknowledge that covid was airborne mm-hmm. so right. that's the other thing it's like i'm not taking anything that these people are saying uh at face value you know after all we've been through and yeah you can't so yeah i'd say you know we don't know exactly we don't know if the early outbreaks like if this is just a you know a social chain you know and this is why you had you know uh, nearly the first outbreaks it was just nearly all uh gay men who were getting it and Mm. it's like okay is that a function of you know them being at a party and then going to a gay bar and then going to another gay bar or you know is this like the social networks or is this like you know aids all over again like we just you know there's no way to tell this early yeah and so now if you're seeing it and you know starting to see like women and children getting it uh if that continues at any you know i think great degree then that would suggest that you know, there's something beyond just sexual transmission. Like it could be some sort of routine household contact uh, or worse. Yeah. No, I, I think that you want to, you want to be able to even, you know, all, all of us were in one way or another somewhat early on COVID and stuff. And, and we thought we had it right away, but it's like right now, like you said, we're in February of 2020 and, and nobody yeah. had it figured out in February of 2020. And, and it's, it's something to watch. I, I just know that the fear model works, the fear yeah. model works and that, that can be deployed again. So even if, mm-hmm. even if monkeypox is nothing, right. Even if it's absolutely nothing, even if I don't have a chance of getting it, any of that kind of stuff, I do have a chance to suffer from the the, the response and that's what's that's what's scary right yeah, that, yeah that's that's, what, that's, I, that's I, I still fear the virus which is where we'll get to with suzanne humphreys here in a sec on uh dissolving illusions is that i will fear the response more than the virus most yeah. times you know that's 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 what it is so um any anywho might as well get right to her um so dissolving illusions by suzanne humphreys uh if you've been listening to this program for uh quite a while um we've basically been championing this book it's basically rc scripture um and uh dr suzanne humphreys now i don't know much about her as a person there's people that know a lot more about her um than i do but what i like to do when i introduce somebody to somebody or introduce you know a a, a figure that people might not know uh a controversial figure because she's definitely that uh i like to read the negative review as an introduction because it makes her sound better and this is from uh, Medica Life, M-E-D-I-K-A Life.com. Dr. Suzanne Humphreys on Medica's Quack Scale. Hmm. So the, the sub caption here is Dr. Suzanne Humphreys ranks five out of five on the Medica Quack Scale. So she, she checked all the boxes. Hmm. Um, now, this is just their description of uh, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. Dr. Suzanne Humphreys scores a five out of five on our Quack Scale. She represents a high risk to the general public, and we encourage members of the public to seek alternate medical or health advice. Do not follow recommendations from this individual relating to your personal health or the health of others, and be wary of any products sold or recommended by this quack 
if you're not sure about how the quack scale works, click here for a detailed explanation. <laughs> um, so, uh, anywho, they do decide to give out her uh, um, where, her credentials, right? She's from the Lewis Katz School of Met- Medicine. That's basically Temple University. And uh, go owls. And she uh, she's licensed to practice in the state of Maine still. Her license is valid, so cancel culture, suck my dick. And uh, she's a resident of Bangor, Maine, which is very funny that she lives where Stephen King lives. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so she wrote a book. She wrote a book called Dissolving Illusions. It's from 2013. And uh, before we get into the meat of the book, Sai, you have a you're the one that put me onto this book. So this is like the this is like a circular type thing ben's gonna feed back yeah. his thing to you it's it's you see on rumble it's almost connected in that way uh human <laughs> centipede style not to get too graphic yeah. but nonetheless uh ben i was surprised because i had deferred to you and ben and i are in a group chat and i think him and i are the ones who have maybe the most wacky health takes i think that's fair that's to say yeah. um out, out of this stuff uh it's you know i think people might roll their eyes a little bit some of the stuff we say that's fine haters gonna hate um and i remember talking about this book uh dissolving illusions and i remember ben kind of just being like ah interesting and i'm in my head i'm like whoa you haven't read it and he's like yeah i'm gonna you know i'll read it i said well come on the show right after you after you're done and uh so ben i want to know because you're you didn't come in here completely clueless on vaccines right i mean you you didn't you didn't come in knowing nothing right uh, uh to this book uh, into the show or into the book? No, the book. No, no. Into the book. So you're getting the book. Oh, like yeah. you, you, you knew you had some kind. I, of- I, I knew. I mean, I, my, uh, my brother had had a really severe reaction to the uh, DTAP vaccine back mm-hmm. before they reformulated it. Uh, and that's whooping cough. No. Um, um, it's dip- diphtheria, diphtheria, pertussis. pertussis. I thought that was the same as whooping cough. I, I might not have that correct. But. That, that might be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they threw a lot of stuff in there. And that was one that uh, is actually why vaccine makers now don't have any liability. Uh, because right. there were so many injuries and so many claims that the vaccine makers were like, well, look, we're going to get hosed in court unless you guys just uh, make it impossible for us to be sued. So yeah, that's when uh, you know Congress did all the the stuff in the eighties to, you know, uh, protect them from protect the vaccine manufacturers from immunity or from, right. uh, gave them immunity. Sorry. Which is absolutely insane. Like, you know, you, you, you cannot overstate how insane. That, you can't uh, mandate anything without that. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's not profitable to mandate it. Once you figure out what's actually happening when these things get deployed, you can't make the money off of it. Yeah, can, because it allows them to trim fat in the clinical trials. It allows them to uh, roll it out in you know certain countries and and you know uh, inoculate populations that don't necessarily know that that's happening. And um, and they're able to do all these things um, and still please the investors because of the lack of liability. I mean, it's it's a Mario star. It's getting the star in Mario Kart is what they have right now, yeah. and it doesn't go away. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we gave this to auto manufacturers, right? Yeah. So if your Ford Fiesta catches on fire, Literally you're anything. not allowed to sue Ford. Yeah. Literally any, like every yeah. commercial, right? Every commercial, if you stay at home sick during the day, here's how you can get money for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For if you've been affected by this, if you've been affected by this, mesothelioma, all this kind of stuff. Vaccine injury, 
uh, sorry. You know, like, uh, are we even sure that happened? You sure that happened? You know, like that's how that goes. And now, so, so, okay. So Ben has a, at least has a, uh, baseline level, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say skepticism going into this, but but you at least knew that these things weren't infallible. These weren't the Avengers, right? These were uh, the, these these things do have flaws in them. Yeah. And- so I, I had a I had a lot of skepticism, um, particularly just the, the flu vaccine. You know, because everyone I knew who was getting the flu vaccine was getting the flu, and. <laughs> Yeah, uh, many such cases. And I actually, because uh, I had had the flu pretty bad a couple of times as a kid, uh, you know, the, at when I was in college, they were like giving away like $20 gift cards to Chipotle who got a flu shot. So I get the flu shot. And then two weeks later, I come down with like the worst flu of my life. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, this stuff is garbage. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, my assumption going into this was, well, um, uh, efficacy on some of these vaccinations is really nothing. And there, you know, is a chance like in the case of DTAP that you could have a reaction to it. If you give a bunch of these to children, I could see how, you know, they could end up with autism, whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, I was still at. I was taking the moderate view of like, okay, well, you know, space out the childhood vaccines, give a lot of unnecessary ones. Um, We should make our vaccines more like the traditional ones, like smallpox, because those, you know, eradicated. (laughs) (laughs) And this is before you read the book. You're thinking, this is before I read. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, because that's you know that's what you hear constantly, right? Like smallpox is the one. Smallpox is the one. It's the Babe Ruth. It's the fucking one, like, hey, not hey, maybe I'll concede a couple of injuries have happened, but don't you come at my smallpox. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where it is. Yeah. And then polio's like Willie Mays. It's like the Yeah, uh, polio polio is definitely the one recently because the boomers lived through that. Yeah. Um some of them at least now polio I was woke on. I was woke on that one because uh I read The Moth and the Iron Lung by Forrest Moretti. Mm-hmm. Oh, laid out Moretti. That's a name yeah. I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he laid out the case. Like, no, so this wrong. is this is like heavy metal poisoning. You yeah, know? and this was first known as the the teething disease because you only yeah. saw it in teething babies, and that was because they were rubbing mercury on their gums. You know, it was in the teething powders. Uh, you know, and then like the pesticides and all. And it's like, okay, well, this this really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, so there are a couple things about polio. Um, this is in the book. It's not you know, obviously later in the in the book. Uh, she goes kind of chronologically here in dissolving illusions. But like polio, I feel confident in saying a lot of that stuff is D- DDT poisoning, right? A lot yeah. of people DDT is the the oh, yeah. insecticide. Now there was like this insect fear, especially in like the yeah. 40s and 50s. I want to say, um, you know, you have FDR as the polio guy. You know, all these all these things. You, you and that see may not have actually been polio. Really? Are you, that, may been, that may have been uh, Gillian Barr. I, from the vaccine? Oh, no. no, I don't know. But yeah, I, 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 who knows? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and like. polio was, and they, they fucking redefined what the disease was with the stroke of a pen. You know, Dude, it so, it's, it's like they, they, they talk about this in Dissolving Illusions, right? And I'm skipping ahead here, but just because polio came up, they spray fucking these bugs. 
with DDT, and it's literally all the symptoms of polio happen. Yeah, well, like, they didn't just like, spray the bugs; they sprayed the children. Like, well, yeah. that that happened too. They're spraying and that, them at the beach. They're spraying them at the pools. They spray the cribs with it. They were yeah. even spraying it on sandwiches in the school lunchbox, so like flies wouldn't land on the sandwiches. That's so incredible. Yeah, 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 you would see it on the shelf, and then like in countries like India, they would like they would yeah, you'd see it like like people would would spray their food before they would eat it. Like it was insane. These these places that have these you know that have these like oh the bugs it's scary and like how the the whole thing about the vaccines is right is the whole thesis of dissolving illusions is that we give too much credit to these vaccines we ignore all their flaws and yeah. we ignore the fact that this country has progressed infrastructurally really tenfold in like a little bit of in a little bit of time and that seems to get no attention, right? In all uh -huh. this, it does get attention, but in an indirect way. It's almost like working. It's the Robin to the vac, the Batman vaccine type thing. You know, it's yeah. it's that's the thesis of this, right? But we were doing so many medical errors, right, in yeah. the past with all with all with all this stuff, and it's 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 scary, man. Like it's 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 really scary when you think about it because like you you know always well, you it, getting of COVID, <laughs> you know, in the present too. I mean, this is carried over into you look at our current vaccination campaign, right? And it's we still haven't worked out how to make, you know, safe and effective vaccines. And we still, you know, we still want to uh, emphasize vaccines over, you know, the basic things that made all of these old diseases go away, which was, you know, not drinking literal sewage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we're back to using sewage on the crops. Like, I mean, that's how it got into the deer herd, right? We're just spraying municipal sewage all over our fields. <laughs> this is, have you Sorry, I, have to, I have to show, I have to show yeah. this, the, the, this is just, yeah. this is kids getting sprayed. It looks like they're in a pool with DDT. And this well, is from the, from that the fogger, yeah. that fucking fogger. Yeah, dude. I know. It's a fucking rave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, another, another thing that really caused polio to be as bad as it was though, was the treatments for it. Right, where they would yeah. forcibly straighten out the kids' limbs. Sounds like in, another disease I know. Yeah. yeah, it's like put them in uh. a cast, leave the cast on for months, and then you know the muscles just totally atrophy. Yeah, and then right. it's like, yeah, they need braces after this. And uh, it talks about in dissolving illusions how there was this uh, lady in Australia who I think ended up being like the the founder of physical therapy. Uh, and she just used techniques like, you know, massage and, uh, you know, strengthening the muscles, like what we would recognize today as pretty standard physical therapy. And your conventional doctors weren't doing this because they were afraid that, like, if you, you know, massaged or, you know, hardly even touched these muscles that they would just, I don't know, shatter or vanish into the atmosphere or something like that. It was... Uh, that was that was one part of this that was really crazy. It was like, you know, I, I didn't know what the treatments were at the time. And <laughs> you read through yeah. it, it's like, you know, this sounds yeah. like uh, this sounds like lobotomy kind of thinking. You know, mm, right? Yeah. No, and and to so to scale back to the beginning of, of the book. Now you have you have a, a doctor, and I, I'm forgetting his name right now. There's the doctor who writes the intro of Dissolving Allures. Oh, Roman Bistrianic, I think is his name. Uh, yeah, Bistrianic, and he he's talking about he all these people. Suzanne Humphreys, the other doctor, Roman Bistrianic, who 
these guys, these are not skeptics by design. These they're not just lifelong skeptics of these industries. There's always a moment that yeah. brings them to that, this. And he, I believe, was saying his kids got vaccinated without consent um, for certain things, like at, at school, and that freaked them out. So he started looking into things, and these were things that were all public record. These things yeah. of, of injuries that he had not heard about in all these years of medical school, uh, injuries he uh, didn't know about. You know, he didn't know what to attribute to infrastructure and things. And the, and these guys are getting and, and these kids. I, I don't I don't believe his son, his kids had well, any reactions to it. No, they, they did. They did. His yeah. ex-wife got him, got them vaccinated with DTP, MR and polio shots. His all ex-wife, in one yes, without his, his consent. Ex-wife. It wasn't school. So yeah, it was his wife. all three of his we, children. Do we, do, we, do we have to say it? MRA fucking all day, brother. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny. Yeah, of course, of course, it was. So like, the, of course, it was one of those situations. You know? Maybe, yeah, maybe so that'll rent the, JBP for once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said that the uh, kids were sick all weekend, and then one of his boys kept having sporadic shooting pains in one eye, uh, and then I think later had uh, later had later collapsed, uh, right, and was having seizures. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a big problem, too. I mean, I've seen cases uh, personally uh, with the COVID shots where ex-wives or ex-husbands have used this as a form of emotional terrorism or some kind of leverage. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, like my my brother's ex actually tried this on him with their uh, six-year-old. And... You know, she basically wanted him to agree to uh, like a a renegotiation of all the custody and financial stuff in exchange for not getting the daughter vaccinated. It was just like a total blackmail situation. And I ended up uh, I ended up having to intervene and get a lawyer friend to uh, to scare the death out of this woman. But uh, yeah, no, you know, but but this is going on all over the place. And, you know, I've gotten messages from people i had one one guy his uh his dad was vaccinated against his consent in like a pre-surgery uh oh yeah setting. oh yeah yeah they just come in and like nurse came in and stuck a needle in his arm and that's what Susanna humphrey's thing was because she was a nephrologist in the hospital you know and she, she was like yeah they were vaccinating her patients against her will and then they were doing it to like old people that had the flu and they're like, well, let's give them a flu shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a medicine or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and you it, have that shred of just like skepticism that, it, and what's scary is that so many doctors, there's a lot of, there's always this narrative that certain doctors, oh man, they just can't speak up. No, some of them are also just like insanely bought in, yeah. you know, to yeah. this stuff. And like by it makes it a lot easier when you have to psyop less people, man. Like, I mean, you saw the psyop worked a bit continually yeah. having to, hey, shut your mouth or else we'll fire you. you. That's not fun to do the grunt work like that. But you have these these oh. soldiers, these foot soldiers like these doctors, and they've been going on in history like for, for the longest time because the way she starts, she talked Suzanne Humphreys in this book talks about like so many different viruses and they all look, begin like COVID. It's scary. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm not talking about lab made. I mean, these are more natural, just bacterial viruses. So now the, the common it's so tough to attack this book because you don't know where to start. But the the common thing from I don't even want to say libs because even anti-vax has been like a lib. There's libs that are like anti-vax pre-COVID. 
like it kind of flipped a little bit with that it became a political thing but like there were you know robert f kennedy's lib like i mean like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. these pe- there's people and it kind of was like a weird hippie lib mom thing for a little bit like for yeah, a while i mean yeah. that was it's also other people but that that exists so there's still some of that yeah at the at the march i was at in uh dc back in january it was like the weirdest coalition sure. politically i had ever seen because yeah. you have this combination of like MAGA people, um, you know, more upmarket right-wing libertarian types. And then you had like Buddhist hippies, yeah. like the smell of marijuana hung very strongly in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it, it was, it was like burning man met a Donald Trump rally. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah except you need the vaccine to go to Burning Man now, so it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, <very exactly. laughs> and uh, so 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 anywho, what, what I what I mean was what I'm saying, these doctors they play such a big part in it because for the longest time you have these diseases. So, first off, the libs think that that these 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 diseases were just ravaging people because they were there, they're just there to eradicate humans, they're just there. These viruses have always been here. They've been there, and we just developed a way to survive in the world. That's that's the way the, these people look at this stuff. The people, the vax enthusiasts, Suzanne Humphreys always says in the book, vax enthusiasts say this. And she argues that it's all infrastructural. Almost all these things are bacteria-based, are, are infection-based. Like, say, I mean, she goes in really the whole first you know, a couple parts of the book is just about how disgusting the world was. Yeah. It's not even about disease. I mean, they, they'll bring up diseases that would come from it, but it was mostly about how basically you had to try to essentially not get dysentery to survive. Like even in any war, in wars, the Spanish American war, it was like a two to one dysentery to like combat death yeah. ratio and, and stuff like that. Also the civil yeah. war and the civil U.S. War civil war. It was, it was crazy to think about because that was seven hundred thousand deaths and 200 or two-thirds of those were disease and they knew it they knew it the generals would say like if you're you need they would like promote gut health i mean i I, you know maybe they wouldn't go about it the best way but like they would promote you know a good soldier has a good gut and that's what we need it's like literally about not dying it's like it's like you're not getting tommy john surgery in baseball it's like yeah i know you're a good pitcher just don't get you know fuck up your arm you know and that's essentially how this was with with soldiers back then and then you'd have childbirth right which is why the lib, you know, I keep saying the libs, the vax enthusiasts would always say, you know, the life expectancy back then is insane. You want to go back to that, how bad it was? We couldn't deliver children at all. And like uh-huh. people argue there's still issues with that now. It was 15, 20 X as bad back then, if not more. Uh, yeah. The fact that doctors didn't even figure out they had to wash their hands to deliver a child. Like and they, they, they made the one guy that suggested it into like a fucking psycho, you know, like fucking nerd. Oh, he wound up in a uh, he wound up in an insane asylum. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I, guys, I one thing that is out. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing that is interesting though is like the the rate of uh, of pregnancies that end in live births uh, has basically been unchanged since the 1700s. Because we had our our dramatic improvements in infant mortality, but then we introduced abortion to the mix. And that's like totally canceled. (laughs) Damn. Whoa. Damn. Damn. Wow. That's that's almost like some like 
I was like heavy. some universal balance shit or something. Like we can't yeah. get that number. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it's yeah. like, it's like hey, either way, we're gonna throw a curveball at you. Yeah. So don't yeah. But the uh you know, crazy. so so yeah, we couldn't figure out how to deliver like mothers used to die in childbirth like it was nothing, right? And then the kid wouldn't survive half the time too. And so, if it was by a doctor, if it was they, they yeah, tended right. to survive from midwives. Because midwives were not examining dead bodies before they went in to deliver a child. And that was one of the big vectors of contamination. It's like these these doctors were uh, doing were, were like cutting open uh, dead bodies and doing autopsies and then without washing their hands going in to, to deliver babies. Yeah. Uh, and of course the introduction of men to this process. That was where we got the whole thing of women uh, laying on their back to deliver babies, which is really weird because like no mammal does that right like the yeah. the more natural position is for a woman to be on her hands and knees uh i agree that, that now seems <laughs> that now seems like an odd way to deliver a child but uh just ask uh anna Gachian, you know about her story thanks <laughs> yeah thanks. she had a she had an accidental home birth uh fuck it yeah yeah was fuck queen, it queen queen i mean I, that's queen, that's is, that's sick and and so the the uh, you, you, around this time too, this and we're talking about like 1700s, 1800s. Um, you're seeing industrialization happening, and industrialization is at its most ex exploitative of workers, right? It's it, it's awful. You have the average person working 12 hours a day. Um, you know, they'd say women weren't allowed in the workplace back then. Not if you were poor. Uh, <laughs> you were you were working. If you were in one of these major cities, uh, you were you were working. They had children as young as three and four working, um, separating coal, right? Finding picking pieces of coal out and stuff like that, which I'm sure is even just for like lung shit is just bad and and all these terrible things. And um, tenement style housing, and I don't even mean like bug pods. I'm talking flats where abandoned brewery how things that were just people were leaving you know look like it like a sick ward you know what i mean like where they like the ones in covid they had to like makeshift you know and stuff to put on that it looks like that and you have these people just living terribly so you see these things they're emptying body bodies yeah. in the basement that was one part of this that really <laughs> burying dead bodies in the basement throwing dead bodies in the only water supply like they would just throw them over like animal carcasses like hey we're done with this animal throwing it into the water supply i mean you were talking about comically bad errors uh to the to these people that were constantly dying of bacterial infections right which again to the vax enthusiast says no these have these are always here this is the, the you know you can't attribute this to you know they have no problem attributing the black plague to rats to rats yeah. right but even you know, a, a later virus, they can't attribute that to like dead bodies floating in your water supply, horrible working conditions, all these things that like, if you ask them one on one, do you do you think that's cool to do? They'd be like, No, absolutely not. That's terrible. You're going to kill people. And then they'll be like, Well, that's how everybody died. N no. Yeah, well, you, you know, you alluded to it earlier, they do the package deal where they're like, Yeah, we had vaccines, better sanitation and nutrition. And it's like, oh, why are those equally really equally weighted? Are they, you know, they're obviously not, you know. No. But of course, the vaccines take all the fucking uh, valor, right? And 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 then they're under the fault, you know. So let's stick with infrastructure right now before we jump into the next one. Like infrastructure right now, it's it's the main it's the main thing. You can't. Uh, Suzanne Humphreys lays it out beautifully. Again, there's so much more detail even than what we're talking about. I mean, you're talking about it's just fact after fact after fact. 
she's getting qu direct quotes from you know not direct quotes excuse me but researching and finding quotes from doctors back then workers back then memoirs all these things of people working in these like insane candle factories and stuff just just like just inhaling all types of toxic shit um and and not really living for very long and um you know these I think it's typhoid fever is one of the first big diseases in this book that's that's uh, mentioned. And a lot of this stuff is just bacterial infection, man. like a lot of the meat, even rich people were having this stuff happen to them. It was it was a classist thing, but not really because rich people didn't even know how to preserve meat yet. Like they weren't doing it properly. They were just leaving fish out like and then just picking at it a couple days later. It was just yeah, all this stuff formaldehyde in the milk. Yeah, so you were, you were just like poisoning your babies, embalming your embalming milk, your kids yeah. already. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, milk milk is not pasteurized exactly. I, th I believe the formaldehyde was for pasteurization, which is insane. You know, yeah. like it's just it's it's insane. Like all these all these things happen, and you and know, it was also well, it was also to hide the flavor of it spoiling, right? So like, I mean, look, we, that's right. we, we yeah. didn't we didn't have cold chain uh transportation like you didn't have like spring houses i mean this was a problem of urbanization uh in the wake of the industrial revolution in a in a large sense because you had cities with way more workers than they would have had in pre-industrial times uh and yeah i mean it, it's it took us a while to adjust to uh to living this way and i think that you know part of that uh just how bad these diseases were that tells you something about you know how crazy and what degree industrialization changed the world like it was just you know insane that there's just immediately people are just dying left and right and you know they've been uh packed into the cities and all this sort of thing so it you know it, it took us a century or so to figure yeah. out how to how to do this you're uh, talking about the massive change to how we've ever you know how we've conducted society and it's like a, a even then it's like as sad as it is you 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 understand why it happens it's like if you were there back then you wouldn't have known but like the you know the big thing is just introducing like soap and water to fucking to to like the medical field is all these things because like you were really gambling getting a medical procedure done back then for one you were you know you had some money you know you or you had access to a doctor like a real like a like a doctor but for a lot of a lot of people back then, you were really gambling because, again, you were just you had doctors would be touching, examining dead bodies, like you said, midwives and or like I think it was, and, and then other stuff like the doctors would be examining dead bodies and then go perform a fucking inoculation, and you know, some of the early inoculations like smallpox was basically like rubbing shit into an open legion. You know what I mean? Like it was, or just like just gross. Yeah, stuff. they would they would pick off the scabs, put them in a, a big jar of water, and shake them around, and it was like a bunch of scabs. And so, like people were getting syphilis from the inoculations, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's kind of like with the monkey viruses contaminating the polio vaccine. It's like when you're picking off these scabs and throwing them in the jar, it's not just smallpox that this person might have. <laughs> you know. So it's, yeah. it's like you're getting the sum of, you know, it's like, let me just, before I do this blood transfusion, let me just go out and collect blood from 80 members of the community, mix it all together in a jar, and just like randomly give myself the infusion from that. It's right. Like, 
Price is Right game. Yeah, it's like yeah. that. Yeah, in the wheel. Pine Door Three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> no, the the and, and it's it's all these again. I can't I, I can't stress enough how much you just simply need to read or listen to this book. It actually is a fine audio book. I'm not you know everybody hates audio books. I understand it, but like this is just pure nonfiction and just facts on facts. So it's just like it's it's you can listen to it the way you'd listen to a podcast. It it, it kind of makes sense. Um, so I, I don't I don't blame any anybody for doing that. It's how I've done it, and I also have a copy for um, reference and stuff too. So um, I I read it on a plane next to a med student on a cross country flight. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> At one point, she uh, she asked the flight attendant to reseat her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She was like, she's like, this guy, this guy has polio right now. I don't yeah. know he does. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's wild. Like, you know, the whole concept of, you know, the, these vaccines and, you know, they talk about the, the, the injuries and the early adverse events and the, and the mandates is what's really scary is they had smallpox because smallpox, like we said, is the smallpox is, is basically what all the foundation of all vaccines is smallpox. I think, in my opinion, I mean, maybe I'm wrong there, but but I think for for that for the, you're for, right, you're right. Okay, so I, I this is exactly where this comes, where where all where all the championing of it. The reason that vaccines have so much fans is because of smallpox, but they've been told a different story because, for one, as we said, it didn't work early, it didn't work at all many times, and like many viruses, smallpox always seems to be at its all-time low as far as cases and even deaths and then the vaccines come out <laughs> right mm -hmm. and then there's a spike and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden the 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 case fatality rate doubles like that was yeah. what happened with smallpox is it is it is it, is it doubled right i think it was at 16 and went to 32 percent of a death rate at post vaccination yeah like it's 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 wild like this is all true like this is all true yeah i mean it's it's like we rolled out uh we rolled out the vaccines on everybody in in the states and then suddenly we get hit with delta and people are dropping left and right yeah it's, it's uh yeah and it'd be bad enough if these things didn't work as advertised like yeah, they kind of did nothing 16 percent but, but the stayed, fact yeah. yeah but the fact that they it made it worse and it happened in many diseases across many cases and it's because it, it does not grant perfect immunity which is worse yeah. than no immunity in many cases and definitely worse than not treat like you know treating with intravenous vitamin c or whatever yeah. whatever you're into you know it like and it causes the virus to mutate so that yes. you then start getting more reinfections. Yeah, so like it's like antibiotics. Yeah. It's yeah. like you get it's like an antibiotic thing. You'll get antibiotic resistant strains. I like right? how the med students accept that, but they for some reason they go blank when when you bring up what you just what you just brought up. You know, it's so like they accept yeah. the premise of all this shit, but they just can't bridge that gap. You know, something yeah. you mentioned though, but it was really you know it reminded me. Of, of just how insane I, I felt while I was reading it was the accounts of people who were punished for not taking the mandatory smallpox shots, Dude. like the soldiers, yeah, soldiers yeah. being sent to jail, like kids, uh, you know, like one father, I think it already lost one kid to the smallpox vaccine and yeah. it still made him get the other one vaccinated. Yeah. And to go to school. But then not only could you not take your kids out of school, you would be fined on top of that for when your yeah. kid was not in school. And this is in the 1800s. This is before they even yeah. have technology to really enforce that like we do now, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I was I was just like, there really is nothing new. Like, no. 
everything that we've gone through in the past two years, you will find in this book has already happened. Uh, you know, it, like the the mass demonstration in Leicester, right, where you okay. had uh, eighty thousand protesters come out in the streets against the compulsory vaccination law. Yeah, and you know the the slogans they had, you know, like the three pillars of vaccination, fraud, force, and folly, right? Like that echoes what we saw in the demonstrations this time, uh, you know, with with the anti-vaccine demonstrations once again in England, some of yep. them in Leicester, the same, <laughs> the very same city. <laughs> and, you know, these people showed up and they actually got it. Uh, they got the city taken out of the compulsory vaccination. You know, they just stopped enforcing right. that vaccination requirement um they put new leaders into place and they got instead of managing smallpox with vaccination uh they started with you know sanitation and basic quarantine measures and cleaning out the houses and and all this sort of thing um and for so long, everyone, uh, the rest of England was saying that like there's going to be a huge plague and it's going to kill us all, right? Because none of these people in Leicester are vaccinated, you know, in any any of this. But then when smallpox outbreaks like did start happening again, like 1891, 1894, Leicester had less than a third of the cases of smallpox and less than one fourth of the deaths in proportion to population than Birmingham, which had near universal vaccination and was almost next door. Yep. Yeah. How do you so, defend that? You, you just, you can, they do, and they've done it and they've yeah. psyoped many people into thinking it. But the, the, the good part about this book is that for one, I never want to talk somebody out of vaccinating, maybe their kid or something like that, even for convenience sake alone. If that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. Now I will say this, if I recommend this book and you read it, I guarantee you, you won't. Well, that, that I, that's why that's all I'm saying. I will never force you to. But all you have to do is read objective information and you probably won't. It's just right. so it's just so crazy. Exactly. Yeah. You if anyone reads it, they, yeah, like like you guys are saying, it's all the same playbook. That's what got me was that all the vaccinated towns in me in uh, Canada uh, fully vaccinated for measles, having measles outbreaks. And then they would blame them on the unvaccinated. And you're just yeah. like, wait, what? You know, and it's, yeah, it's absolutely the same. They, it's a, they, they, they it's think of it card. as this, it's like a military service where you're only as strong as your weakest link. The weakest link to them is the unvaccinated. It's like having a bad right tackle in football. that just ruins your whole pass protection, right? Yeah. Like you have all this stuff. You're just like, well, we, we can't do anything because that guy didn't do it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, even if they get, and if they get hundred percent vaccination at that point, you've already lost. So it doesn't even matter what happens after that. So, <laughs> you know, like, like at, at that point, it's, that's how they win. I mean, at that point, they're not interested in eradicating disease. I mean, it's like, we didn't eradicate smallpox. We didn't. Right? And I find it funny. The small, I mean, we did, thing. we didn't do it with vaccination, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is, is more so the case. Yeah. Well, Bill, Bill Gates still has that. Yeah, hard part of his sleeve. Yeah, yeah he has that like fucking... Kentucky Derby horse semen in his fucking freezer. Like, yeah, it's, it's... Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's insane. And and but yeah, like that's that. I I mean, you know, I'll open up the floor to a little bit more discussion on this because I only had one more thing I wanted to talk about with Ben. But like the the just like I said, read read this because it's it's not Suzanne Humphrey's opinion, and she writes like a leftist. That's what I was t telling a lot of people is like her case that she makes for sanitation is actually what the left 
and when, and I don't think this can happen with the contemporary left. I'm not even saying trying to salvage the left here, but I just mean in the at the turn of the century in the 1900s, the left was fighting for sanitation. Yeah, like it was for, that was their biggest thing: sanitation, workers' rights. Because what ended up happening is, you know, Suzanne Humphreys likes to credit, you know, Susan B. Anthony and things like that, and you know, do do all that stuff, uh, you know, and and maybe the what is it the uh, the amendment that allowed women to vote and stuff like that and uh not necessarily the debate i want to get well, the, into right now the, but the progressive movement and the, right. the reform tendency which then burn itself out with temperance although if you if you uh if you think about temperance in the uh you know in the the volstead act and uh, you know the uh prohibition uh if you think about it in the context of the level of alcoholism that they were dealing with at that point, it then mm. starts to become a lot more understandable. Right. Of course. That uh, was, that was why you had prohibition. I mean, it was because yeah. of like domestic abuse, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, it was, it, it, and it was insane. Like, you know, stories from that time. It's like, this is really yeah. surreal. These, these people were wild. Did we get too hockey, <laughs> cocky men? Did we get yeah. too cocky back then? Yeah. <laughs> but any of the, uh, you know, so yeah, like I, that's, uh, I'm sorry. Any 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 closing thoughts on dissolving illusions, guys? Well, I wanted to say that I just I found it funny during the COVID era when the they started uh, pushing the vaccine mandates, which I did not think was going to happen as fast as it did or to the degree that, that it did. I'll fully admit that. Like I knew they were going to work on oh, a vax, oh, whatever. I, I knew that shit. Oh, scared yeah, me. Yeah, but it was it was. Um, all the all the vaccine pushers and a lot of the leftists and everything were using the people would be like, well, we've never done this before. We never had mandatory vaccinations like this, and they would go like, no, we did it for smallpox. Like, unironically, as if that like was it's a known, yeah. yeah, and like it's what like, it all rests on. This exactly. is what this all rests on is the, exactly. the championing of the smallpox vaccine. Mm -hmm. Without that, plus the lot, the 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 lot, the two biggest components and when we have jeremy on next time i really want to get into this but like when we, the two biggest components of vaccine enthusiasm comes from the quote-unquote success of the smallpox vaccination and then the liability yeah. the lack of liability those two things ha don't happen none of this shit these, these don't take off it's considered like a failing experiment like you know yeah so any yeah anywho but um yeah so Ben, any any closing thoughts on illusions? Uh, just that you should read it. It's, it's yeah. a fantastic book. It's so tough to it's uh, like it's, you know what very we, high quality autism. It's, it's one of those rare books where I could pick it up and read it in a couple of settings. Yeah, yeah. I just it was a yeah. real page turner. What do you guys uh, think? Okay, I got to talk about let's talk about autism for a little bit, and not necessarily ingest in relation to the vaccines because this is something i've been thinking a lot about like although I, although yeah with the vaccine what do you what do you think would turn that train around what, what do you think about the whole that whole thing the, everything that's going on the diagnostics love the, the train, you know, love the train metaphor by the way yeah yeah exactly it's you know that you know people are like, everyone the, the sigh up that it that it actually isn't increasing you know that that, that that it's always been this way. We just didn't diagnose it. All this different shit, and there could be, of course, the psyop that injecting heavy metals into infants' bloodstream has nothing to do with it, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, getting rid of plastics, stop yeah. burning rubber into the air, and uh, yeah. go way more luddite than we are now. Yeah, 
and like acutely heavy metal detox I and think, and or, f- fuck the childhood vaccination program those are yeah. those are the i mean that is probably the biggest one but but yeah. but yeah those four things i i do that and i guarantee you it drops off the fucking map yeah yeah exactly you, you nailed what i was and and band seed oils let's go well uh, look at my right. my fucking right. avatar yeah. here uh, i'm, d- I'm down i'm down seed just so people yeah, I don't even want to get into because we've done that, but like I'm down because that doesn't really affect me that much at all. So like I'm down. I just want people to know it's not the catch all thing. So I kind of want them to ban yeah. them in isolation, and I want to just literally do that experiment and see see if I'm wrong like, or I'm right. You know that it's not all that. It's, you know, there's so much more to it. But you know, I don't. Know. I think but, there's a. I think there's a lot of factors involved. Uh, I just you know, I'm hung up on the. Uh, inflammatory uh mm-hmm. response with with seed oils and my own experience of um getting rid of type 2 diabetes and okay. uh migraines largely from c- cutting those out like i had tried low carb keto all, fasting all these different things before it wasn't until i made the connection with uh, really focusing on very high quality animal fats and uh you know olive oil and and coconut oil that those problems went away you know so it it, in in my it's it's an inflammation disease too so it it, it makes sense that it's a wide wide spectrum thing and that you know you can't be suffering from low-grade inflammation from birth and not expect bad things to happen you know Mm -hmm. exactly and so, so I guess that, that ties into the last thing I want to talk to Ben about. And this is, uh, we're both kind of, uh, my, my co-host and I are both a little bit, uh, we don't know as much about this guy, but I see him floating around all the time. Um, Ray, Ray Pete. Ray um, Pete. I know you're, you're a Ray Pete guy. Um, our friend Fredo is also a Ray Pete guy. There's, there's quite a few. There's guys out there, people I, I really respect. So I want to know about this guy. He's, he's seed oil, right? Seed oil is kind of one of his his uh things right or do, am i wrong yeah i mean he's an he's an og in that because he was talking about this decade Oops. ago um and he was he was saying that like look it's not even um he's like if you look at the extraction processes that these go through the amount of processing and you know they're stripped out of they don't have any of the antioxidants that you would find in a a natural uh fat that would be like monounsaturated right so like real high real high quality olive oil has vitamin a and vitamin e to kind of account for these uh you know less saturated longer chain fats um so you know it's pretty obvious i think to him that um seed oil is not really the term for it it would just be omega-6 you know polyunsaturated fatty acids um that they tend to depress the thyroid and, you know, there are a lot of main issues when it comes to just mitochondrial health and these fats, um, you know, from a basic chemistry perspective. And, you know, he's also big on thyroid health, um, avoiding stress. Uh, He's a, is a very interesting way of thinking and you know his writing style and all of that it's it, it's uh it's very unique and you know whether you agree with him or disagree with him on a lot of his points uh he does add a a certain way of thinking about these problems 
that's unique. So even if you don't come to the same con- conclusions as him, his uh, his way of kind of conceptualizing this stuff uh, is really useful once you pick up on it. Interesting. Is he is and and what are some other big parts of his you know philosophy? Um, he's a he's a fan of aspirin. Uh, so I'd say one thing that's big with him is he's a lot better on uh, talking about the role of hormones than you know your sort of conventional wisdom would get. So he, you know, he was the first place I read that you know estrogen is actually a stress hormone. The reason that women have more of it is because their uh, cells d- divide more rapidly. So they have a higher level of cellular stress uh, and that, you know, it's not just, it's not so much a gender thing. It's more of, you know, you think about it in stressful terms uh, and serotonin not being the happiness neurotransmitter, but actually being a, uh, being related to stress. Uh, that was another one. And, you know, it's one of the only people out there I've heard talk about uh, the problems that come with excess serotonin levels and, you know, how you can get rid of that. That's a big thing that is starting to pop up everywhere that, that serotonin is not necessarily always good all the time. And uh, yeah, I like it. And I like, yeah, just from my person, cause I'm always it, like trying try new shit, you know, and I'll, t- I'll tell you, it, it's a bit, it, yeah, it, it plays a big role in um, in anxiety, actually. Yeah, you know, if, sure. yeah. If, you're, if you're the type, kind of like I am, or if your anxiety levels are kind of high, you're, you know, you just, you're not hungry. That's me. Some people yeah. stress eat. It's totally opposite reaction, but I'm just like, and I it's a vicious eat. cycle. Yeah. You know, you stress eat, you get the, you get the, you get the weight gain, you get the cortisol. Yeah. I mean, I would just try for any like biohackers out there, try and do the, and I'm sure you got, you found the same thing where, you know, now there's endless ways to raise your serotonin and endless ways to raise your dopamine. Try like a dopamine month or a serotonin month and then a dopamine month. I'm not saying both aren't important, but yeah. just try it. And nine times out of 10, you'll feel that dopamine is the more important one to master. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, maybe and, especially, yeah, maybe there's like a dude element there too. Cause we're like the, <clears throat> you know, I think it's connected. I've got a, yeah, I've got an antihistamine, um, I got called uh, ciproheptidine. And the way it actually works is it's a uh, serotonin antagonist. So for me to, uh, you know, don't try this at home, but I experimented with this on myself. It's an anti-serotonin agent. I found mm-hmm. like if I, if I take just a uh, half of the tablet that was prescribed to me for allergies, that's enough to restore my appetite and get rid of mm-hmm. like the, the body anxiety kind of fight or flight right. uh, feeling. Yeah. And, and, you know, you would think I'm, it's an, it, it, it's a, you know, serotonin antagonist. Like, okay. You would think that taking something like that would make you depressed. If you follow the conventional, you know, logic of serotonin's a happy neurotransmitter. And yeah you find out instead it's like no i just feel really uh really chilled out actually it's more like a school yeah. shooter transmitter if you know what i mean yeah it's fucking SSRIs and shit dude. yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 exactly and so so i guess 
um in in conclusion with all this stuff is that if you were to read something like dissolving illusions you will the the scariest part is not the disease part and I, what and and what i want people or even the vaccination part i don't even think those two things are the scariest part um some people might disagree that's fine the scariest part is that the doctors are just as retarded that's the problem with all that yep. stuff is that the doctors are that much more hard-headed right they are that much more of the foot soldiers from any of this stuff and so where you know you have to find guys like ray pete you have to find guys you know all, all these other people um you know f- find guys like ben braddock who has his own COVID protocol on a Substack, which is great and um you find you have to go you have to find this stuff you have to actively look for it because the consensus medical opinion is is you can't trust it i'm sorry if you know the history of it the real raw unfiltered history of it there's just no way you could trust them with anything in the future yeah they only have more protection now they only have more protection they don't they have better technology and more and more protection yeah, i don't even know. know and the tech might hurt you too so shit yeah <laughs> that's the way yeah one thing i'll say on that is it, it is i think more now more than ever uh, to use that tired old phrase, it's really important to uh, to look after your health in a very proactive way and really to learn as much uh, as you can uh, about this stuff because, you know, we were talking about shortages earlier. There's now a shortage of CT contrast fluid. So, you know, if you go to an ER, um, you know, with like pain in your stomach or whatever, they might just cut you up for an appendectomy right away instead of doing a scan to confirm whether you have it or not. Like that's, that's where we're at. And, you know, we have this vicious cycle where uh, infants are being admitted to the hospital because they don't have their specialty formula, you know, for allergies or whatever. They're being admitted to the hospitals, fed back, you know, put back in relatively good shape, discharged, wind up back in the hospital again because you can't get the formula and the hospitals don't have enough of it to like discharge them like with a supply of it. Yeah. Uh, So we're, you know, we're, we're rapidly becoming like Venezuela. And I I try to remind people as much as I can, you know, Venezuela back in the, the late 1980s had a standard of living that was easily comparable or better than that of the United States. Hmm. You know, it was like having an American style standard of living, except you're in a beautiful tropical country that's like Eden, right? A lot better weather than the U.S. So, yeah, it was like like paradise, right, for a lot of people. And that all went away in just a couple of decades to the point where, you know, the, the kids lost like an average five inches of height or whatever it was from the malnutrition. And, you know, the hospitals had no electricity, no basic supplies. Um, Needles were being reused on people. You know, people were eating trash. You know, kids were just dying left and right of malnutrition. Like that's, that's with basically in my lifetime. It's gone from that to that. So, you know, don't get too cocky, America bros. That's all I'd say. Don't get too cocky and don't, I, I, 
like I can't say what's that. It's better to have the knowledge and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. And and find out like be able to identify a scam. Have that skeptic brain because you don't don't have faith in elected. I mean, I mean, I guess I, I, elected's not really the word, but paid people, you know, in the medical industry, you didn't elect any yeah. of these people. Don't yeah. have faith in these people because you can watch the Theranos documentary and be like, what an idiot who would fall for that. <laughs> you can watch, you can see even people that freak out about Martin Shkreli, the Sackler family, all yeah. that stuff. Hey, whatever. All that stuff's bad. Totally agree. But like, why does it stop there? Why does it stop after approved TV content comes out about these things to where, wow, you're allowed to freak out about this, but don't fucking look underneath the mattress on this. Like, don't don't do that because Theranos, I'm sorry if you felt if you thought Theranos was stupid, but you fell for Moderna. I don't know what to tell you. That's all. all Just just last week, my dad was in the uh, hospital for back surgery and, uh, you know, they're sitting with him and a nurse comes in. And, you know, she's about to, like, give him something. And I asked what it was. And she was like, a fentanyl. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. he has COPD. He can't have fentanyl because he could just stop breathing. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, he had Dilaudid before. He did great with Dilaudid. Why can't he have Dilaudid? And then she's like, oh, I'll, I'll go get some Dilaudid. And then <laughs> he like almost died right in front of you. Yeah. yeah and then like they discharge him with Percocet, which makes him, which they already, he already told them, like makes him basically hallucinate and just like give him Dilaudid also to go, like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, Dude, it's good. They, and then, yeah. he, and then he accidentally took a Percocet instead of a muscle relaxer yesterday. And so he like spent the day in the bed tripping and oh, yeah. he was just <laughs> trying to relax a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, this is these are people like again. We're talking about like the infrastructure has progressed, but the doctors haven't. So you decide which yeah. what helped society. In in yeah. 2019, medical error was the third leading cause of death. Still, in Still. that was in 20. That was I was going to bring that up. I, I in love 2020. The people, it yeah. disappeared from the top 20. I love that. that yeah. I love that. Right? I love the bros that deny that. They're like, no, no, it yeah. isn't, and they like come some convoluted reason why it, yeah. it's not true when it is. Yeah, but. It, it, it goes yeah. from third leading cause of death to not even on the top 20 <laughs> the same year that families aren't allowed to go inside the hospitals. Right. And you saw, you can what? see from that, God. if it wasn't, if it wasn't for people there to make sure that that stuff gets reported, right. Yeah. Like medical errors and all that. Like if, if you don't have patient advocates there, they will not self report that. And no. we saw that because there's no. no way that medical error then went to the third leading cause yeah. of death because it was the leading cause of death yeah because you take all the you take those massive covid casualties over a million people did and a huge chunk of that was iatrogenic because i you know i know because i've I've talked to so many doctors and nurses who worked in those places and so many people who had loved ones who were in those places who either died or nearly died and it's staggering what went down like every hospital was like a killing field in a sense um especially with the ventilators you know last summer they were they had before july they had gotten to be pretty good about not using the ventilator if they didn't really need to but then when the july surge hit they all started putting people on ventilators again because it was an easier way to manage them all right you put them on the vent you give them fentanyl, 
they're unconscious. They're not going to be ringing a bell asking you for anything. Going to fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they get the, the hospital. They get the. the hospital they get the bonus get money. The stimmy. Boom. Boom. Get that yeah. Stimmy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like this is a fucking Remdesivir, that stuff, that uh my aunt barely survived it. She was Agreed. she was like doing Same. fine. Same. She was doing fine. And they come in and they give her uh that stuff and she starts having uh hepatopulmonary syndrome. Uh, which is where the liver becomes inflamed and it starts poisoning the lungs. And so then suddenly like the respiration messes up, but the blood pressure drops and all this stuff. Anyway, you, in the, in Gilead's own remdesivir trials, they already, uh, they knew from that, that it was making people's livers get super inflamed. Liver enzymes were just going up across the board. And, you they should have known that when your liver is inflamed that starts messing with your lungs yeah right? there's a direct relationship there and they went with it anyway well it turns out they actually had a drug that wasn't as hard on the liver but it ended up being the same thing so like remdesivir is actually a pro drug it mm. you it has to be turned into the drug in your body but Gilead had the other one, which was already the thing. It was already converted. It didn't yeah. have to pass through the liver. And they didn't use it because if they had used that one, the patent it was under, they would have earned much less profit. Yep. Yep. So, death is near. Yeah. And, and how much uh, How much of it per dose? How much money is it per dose of uh, remdesivir too? Because it's, it's quite a bit. It's quite a lot. And it's one of the first things they get. I, I think it was like five or 6,000 for a course of it. Yeah. 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 And then plus. You like the iverm all the so, ivermectin drama. And then people took remdesivir seriously. Like come on. So that's how, much, that's how much Gilead gets paid for the remdesivir. But the hospital also got paid a bonus from the federal government if they prescribe the remdesivir. So it's like the feds were paying people to be Gilead customers. Like they got a bonus on the whole bill. It was, a, I think, a percentage. Just like they got a bonus if the patient was on a ventilator. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's get as many patients on ventilators. Uh, that was what the administrators were pushing. I mean, it wasn't like the, you know, most doctors, they were, their hands were tied in a big way. Uh, just, you know, I mean, they, with the electronic medical records and the electronic charts, they can just snitch on you. Computer snitches on you to tell if right. you're like ordering certain drugs for a patient. Like if you yeah, there's less of a human C element nowadays. Yeah. That compared to back then. Back yeah, then, doctors like, have very little latitude. Like right. administrators will just you know. And the thing is, is if they get fired, uh, then they can lose their like their admitting privileges and their license yeah. can be in jeopardy in some states. Like if you get fired from the hospital, so then you just can't go into private practice. And like Suzanne Humphreys, she had to go before a board and defend her license. Yeah. Yeah. Just because just because she questioned the the uh the conventional wisdom on vaccines and she like she dared to mention that there might be an association between her patient's kidney shutting down and the swine flu uh yeah. shot yeah so yeah and and then, and then like when you want to you i looked up debunking of dissolving illusions and i found a reddit thread 
from from this. And, and it was just just to close us out here. You need to reject the entire framework of the medical industry. If you are this skeptical on COVID, it didn't start with COVID. It won't start with, stop with COVID. COVID was just the, the like I said, the room Raiders black light where you see all the jizz on the wall. That that was just it was on full display. So it allowed and the beauty of all this, if anything could be taken from it, is that I have seen more skepticism of the medical industry than I ever have in my life. And that's that's been great to see. Now, you know, you get on these Reddit pages, Reddit. If you're going to speak out against vaccines, Reddit's not really the place for you. Um, really not the place for you. And there was there was this person that did a, like a 14 bullet point debunking of dissolving illusions where really most of the points were just that they were misleading. She was cherry picking stats. Cope, right? That's the cope when you know you're wrong and you can't prove the person wrong and you just have to kind of say they don't not seeing the big picture. Now, somebody asked in the comments on Reddit and said, well, okay, but her claim is that the infrastructure was more for public health being better rather than the vaccines. So what do you do to dispute that claim? Because they never did in this 14 bullet point thing. Now, the person, the Reddit person that the original poster that commented and said, well, that's not what most anti-vaxxers are claiming. They think it's the mark of the beast and that you will die if you take it and all this stuff. All this <laughs> straw manning, all this yeah. straw manning when not engaging with Suzanne Humphrey's point, but felt the need to do a 14 point dissertation debunking. Still yeah. had that. And then at the end of the day, you know, they they would they said, I have to do more research as far as the infrastructure did. Suzanne Humphreys did the research. Yes. <laughs> she did it. You she did put, it. She put it in book form you know, for you to read. A, it's literally fact after fact. It's a book of facts is what it is. It's not it's not a, a story. It's the, not a yeah. The mid the midway curve really does apply on this issue. 100%. Because you know, your your two biggest vaccine skeptic demographics by education are high school dropouts. And PhD, PhDs. Yep. So sick. Yeah. So, yeah. Right then and there. Horseshoe theory. We're good. We got this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of those two, but like, and nonetheless, you know, I'm not, not all, you know, not all of us, but um, yeah. So, Look, Ben, I could talk to you all night, but I, I, I can't. But uh, the, uh, well, you got to so, come, you got to come back. You yeah, got to come back. You got to come back. We're gonna have to make this. Like I said, it's the medical red pill series. There's many, gonna be a few of them. We're gonna have our friend Jeremy Lafredo back on very soon. He's coming back. He's in Davos right now, Switzerland, at the World <laughs> Economic Forum stuff. Uh, um, not speaking. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, of course, I'd have to. Disagree. Yeah, you said that in the chat. I thought you were being making like an no, he's, joke. He, I I that's why. That's why he couldn't come on. He was like, "Hey, I gotta go to Davos. Is that cool?" Like, he's like, "Hey, hey, my bad, dude. I gotta go to like, I gotta go." To I, I think we need to do a. Uh, I think we need to do a kind of live field trip. Uh, Hell yeah. Recording session, maybe. Out I have of, a field uh, bike. I that's, have a field it's bike. Funny yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> go, go go out to Malibu and uh, you know, set at the uh, what's that. What's that hippie wellness shop there? It'd be a great place to record an episode. Erewhon? I would love it. Erewhon. Or yeah. No, not Erewhon. It's uh, it's like a smoothie shop. It was set up by a dude who was like an ex-heroin addict. Uh, great place because, you, you know, you get all these like funky smoothie type oh, drinks yeah. and stuff. Oh, I'm in. That's the first place I saw like bulletproof coffee or any like or stuff with maca or green. Yeah. All the, anyway, yeah. they have like... I remember they had like this rotating cast of red pill medicine books on the shelves. Yeah. And it's like, you know, wheat belly. And, but I remember there was some on vaccines that was very like skeptical of them, hey, you know, like yeah. vaccines, autoimmunity and the changing nature of childhood illness, all that kind of stuff. 
anyway yeah and uh, yeah follow follow at graduated ben on uh, twitter um he'll, he'll be back on we're gonna do more stuff man we're gonna have to because because uh there we we still gotta we still got much more to talk about um and as always you know if you're here because of because of ben you know hey we we got plenty of medical stuff too we got music stuff all types of stuff uh you know and uh yeah listen to rare candy and uh, like i said follow follow ben on twitter some of the best threads out there and uh you've got some writing out too if I'm, it was I, I believe you had a interview with the french who was the interview with the french guy that was the- uh renaud camus Mm-hmm. The guy who uh, he he coined the term the Great Replacement, so that's that was a cool interview. Uh, chance to really get to what this means. You hear the buzzword a lot in the media lately, but you know it's not a it's not a theory, um, as he says. It's right. not a conspiracy. That was good. Oh. And then I have a uh, a piece on Lana Del Rey in. Uh, <laughs> I am 1776 publishing. It's their art and literature for dissidents. First issue, print issue. Just got it the other day. This is absolutely beautiful. Like Wonderful. this is one of the coolest things that's been put out from our sphere, uh, art wise. And so I'm going to give a big show to them because they're doing terrific stuff. I am 1776. Well, there you go, guys. All right. Well, um, thanks again, Ben. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Everyone have a good night. Good night.